0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. My guest today is Liz Hayes. Liz is the co-host of Karma's My Bitch podcast that explores how taking a spiritual perspective to life is to life issues, including relationships, sex, and dating can heal how we approach life. In addition to being an author and podcaster, she is also a professional expat who has moved across four continents over a span of 17 years. Hello, Liz. Thanks for
1: being here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you,
0: especially because you're in
1: my hometown. (laughs) It's like I (laughs) get a nice little San Diego connection.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So it's like locals speaking with each other, though you were definitely not local you're in a whole different other country which <laughs> is time zone which is awesome yes and time it zone is. yep so it we is. had to get really creative with our um yeah. with our scheduling yes thank <laughs> but, you so
1: much for being so accommodating gosh of
0: course of course i'm um, thank you for coming on the show i'm i'm so pleased to have you, <laughs> thank you. and i want to thank um a former guest and yeah. mutual friend lisa florida for connecting us yes. um you guys would have to go back and listen to lisa's um Episode, uh, she's the documentarian, and she talks about the incredible healing and session that she had with you, Liz. And mm. it was so funny because as she was talking, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Liz's ears must be burning because here we are <laughs> talking about her on the podcast, uh, and she has no clue." And oh, now here you are! So yeah. how exciting! Thank know, you. Yeah. So, so Liz, and that intro was a ton of fun, and I would definitely want to get into the the aspects and elements within that intro would you like
1: to from your own words tell us a little bit more about you and what it is that you do that's a lot because well at the (laughs) moment i am currently with my podcast partner we have written several books over the past couple of years about the Uh topics that have come up throughout our podcast and we our podcast is broken up into seasons so every season is about 20 to 25 episodes and so the first several seasons, we've covered karma. Obviously, our podcast is Karma is My Bitch. So we talk about how to make karma your bitch. And I could all talk about the principles of karma later because you said you wanted to talk about my practice and stuff. And, yeah. um, and then so the current seasons that we're focused on um, are magic, how to facilitate magic in our everyday mm-hmm. lives. And so we've already written a couple of books about magic. And then the third bit of our name is bliss. So it's Karma, Magic, Bliss, K-M-B and we haven't yet gotten to bliss yet cause we still got to work through magic. But right now we've, we're going, we're working through all the karma books that we've written and we're currently editing them and preparing them for publishing, which we'll be doing beginning around September of this year. Yeah. So look out for that.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you're you right. You are busy. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And then when I'm not doing that, we're recording the podcast, but we do record quite in advance and then we just kind of, bank them and then publish as we go along. And I've also written, I'd say 14 books in erotic romance. So that was like my other iteration when I was living in New York city before moving here to London. So, wow. <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs>
0: that's, that's amazing. I mean, 14 books and counting, like that's yeah. incredible. That's, yeah. that's, in, that's really quite, quite a feat. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So uh, the magic uh, mm-hmm. i I actually am really ex- glad that you brought that up because oh, okay, recently, I have mm. been thinking a lot about magic and oh, okay our and I don't know if it's in the same terms that that you are yet. I haven't yet listened, but um as far as our ability like how much how much more power we do have and the ability to create or manipulate, mm-hmm. like in a good way, or I don't mm-hmm. know, like, can you define magic from your perspective? Okay. Well,
1: now I got to really think about this <laughs> right <laughs> now. My head's been in karma for like the past few months. Uh, yeah. I was like magic. What did we say? We'll get back magic? to karma. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me anything, about, anything you want about karma. I'm good. I'm like magic. <laughs> so Magic is that which we can conjure or create That is that comes from a place of joy. So Uh magic itself is not an essential to our lives. It is, as we like to describe it, sort of the cherry on the sundae. You're still going to enjoy the ice cream. You still got great things. But sometimes it's just really nice to have the sprinkle or the cherry. And that's the beauty of magic. Yeah. So it's, I don't know in what capacity you've been hearing about magic. I know that that word's starting to get a bit like floated around spiritual circles a bit, but I'd argue that a lot of what people think is magic is actually not. It's just simply flow. But because pe- most people haven't experienced flow in their everyday lives because they're so used to a karmic reality, which, which is like when the shoe is going to, you know, the other shoe is going to drop or, you know, it gets good until it gets bad. So Mm. people are so used to life being so like this, that when you kind of experience more of this, you think, well, it's a miracle. Ah, I see. It's magic. It must be because somehow I couldn't have possibly gotten to this point without something extraordinary happening. When the reality is, it's just likely you've burned out some of your karma and you have found some of this. And that's what we just call flow. Got it. Got it.
0: So. Yes. Let's talk about karma. Now, one of the okay. things that Lisa, now her ears must be burning. Oh yeah. Lisa maybe <laughs> on, her, on her episode was how she went to you and you helped uh-huh. her uh, with karma that she came into in this mm-hmm. life. Can you
1: talk more about that, please? Okay. Okay. Now I just said, I know a lot about karma and then like my brain just <laughs> flops. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> Principally, karma is something that we carry into this lifetime, and it is all about healing the trauma, the separation, and the idea that I and God are not one. Mm. And so often mm. that trauma occurs in a past lifetime in which we had, in that point of trauma, s- experienced what we would call separation. And separation is what our immediate world, our 3D world is built upon, right? So everything Mm -hmm. we experience, the tensions we have in our personal relationships, our intimate relationships, family, or even our relationship to work or purpose. It could be so many ways in which we experience what I call or what we call our karmic story. Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately, we have a karmic theme and that karmic theme is going to govern how that story plays out. And effectively, like for some people, they're going to carry a number of karmic issues into this lifetime. It wouldn't be more than 7. What I've noticed is that younger mm-hmm. and younger most people either they don't have any or they have minimal. But what I also have noticed in this practice of mine is that most people carry a theme. So even if their issues don't seem very present, their lives might be cover- governed by a particular theme and it's always one of seven themes, which is I am unlovable, I am undeserving,
0: mm-hmm. I am not
1: worthy. I am not perfect, I am broken, I am evil, mm. and I am nothing. Wow. And those themes are the ways in which we experience our core fear of, I am not good enough. Mm. And wow. that fear defines what I call, you know, what Ray and I, we call it a karmic story, which is how It all plays out through our lives and how we interact with others, how we respond and react to situations. And until we can burn out that karma, we're just going to find ourselves in the constant loop of the story. Mm. Why can I never get the job I really want? Why can I never get past the first date? Why is my family life such shit? Yeah. Mm. Why am I always in debt? There's just all those whys that it keeps us looping through. Mm. Yeah. So people come to me and they are experiencing a particular obstacle or block. We're going to sit down and we're going to look at, well, what is the karma here? And once we do, there's a simple process for releasing it and we move on what we're going to, what we're going to, what Ray and I will be offering our modules for people to be able to do it for themselves.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Very excited for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. Cause you can reach so many more people that way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We hope to. Yeah.
0: Can I ask what, what does it look like to f- learn what your karmas are and then to release them?
1: What do you mean by that? Like, what does like it look in,
0: like? It, what it, like in a session, is it like, is it like oh, a guided okay.
1: meditation or? Oh, okay. So it's not a meditation. So I practice uh-huh. a craft called Soul Memory, and the master teacher of Soul Memory is Ellen Kaufman Dossick, who is based not far from you in Carlsbad. Oh. Actually, La Costa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's super great. I met her many years ago. I was actually nineteen, oh. which is way long no. ago. <laughs> yes, and I, the moment <laughs> I met her, I was like, I'm going to do what you do one day. I just knew, and. When you sit down and you do a soul memory session, or you sit down mm-hmm. and you do one of our modules, it's just effectively a session for you and a conversation with guidance and I'm just merely the facilitator, and it's just a con- you know we're just talking there's no meditation, there's no hypnosis mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. quite simple, yeah wow,
0: wow, that's really amazing
1: in yeah, the process of of releasing is that rather simple Mm -hmm. as well? Very simple. Very simple. Some people might have emotional responses depending on how deeply they've held the karma, or if it comes up through a past lifetime where say something, some past life is described and it resonates very deeply, or it just, they have certain clicks where they think, oh, well that explains my reaction to this, or this explains this relationship I've Mm -hmm. had to so-and-so. And I've never understood why sometimes it just fills in certain blanks to questions that we've long held perhaps forgotten at some juncture but it still resides somewhere in our bodies but really once it goes it can just it goes quite rapidly yeah yeah
0: so like you said it it's uh, (laughs) a rather quote-unquote easy process. Like it's not a terribly involved process, but are we just not having the right conversations? Is that why we're not just facing our, you
1: know, figuring out what our karma is and then just releasing it? Yeah, no, honestly, that is a really great question because I think we were just kind of looking at that chapter today where it is, you know, we always say it's quite simple, but it's not easy. So much of what keeps us from really healing our karma or leading lives that are satisfying and meaningful or purposeful has to do with our inability to face ourselves and be honest with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. often it has to do with our sense, our feelings of powerlessness effectively, where we just don't feel that we have the capacity to change anything. Or we're Mm. so down some road that if we turn back now, everything that we feel like we've built or worked for will fall apart and we don't know if we could ever manage it. So people really don't realize what they're capable of because they haven't tried very hard. Got it. And it's not to say people haven't worked hard at it. I'm not trying to say, I don't, I certainly don't mean that. I think Freya would shoot me if if she heard me say (laughs) that really, because we're always (laughs) sold. You have to work harder. You're, you know, this isn't working because you haven't done enough. And Mm -hmm. we, it's really, that's really not fair to people because they do work hard. Sometimes you just don't know which way to go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so dealing with our issues can feel like just climbing that mountain of sand where you're just, you're never making progress because everything's always crumbling. But, Mm -hmm. and this is Mm -hmm. why we started the podcast. If you really take the broadest perspective possible, which is the spiritual perspective, where it's not just It's about my father abandonment or my mommy issues. Mm. But if you could really Mm. take it to the largest perspective possible, which is what is my relationship to God? How do I see God? Because fundamentally Mm. when we can grasp what that relationship means to us is when we can really start to transform every other relationship we have and actually elevate it. And that's where we experience real healing.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's some pretty deep questions, but like you said, they're, they're like, they're easy to ask, but I don't know if anyone, I mean, it's not easy to think about, or maybe not even easy Mm. to, to come up with a, with the answer. I think I imagine having some help with a facilitator can really help to dig deep,
1: (laughs) to really dig into the answer. I think so, because, and I think it helps that when I was in my teens, I had a few mentors. And, and so I found that a bit easier relative to explore Mm -hmm. those questions a bit. So I could come into those answers for myself. And ultimately that's what we're all needing to do is we need to come into the answers for ourselves. Yeah. We can't keep going to other people to tell us what the answer is and how to view the world and how to see ourselves. Mm. Ultimately we have to hold that. And that's really yeah. difficult because we are constantly seeing ourselves through the lens of other people. we keep trying to, you know, we keep putting our identities and defining ourselves according to what other people are telling us we should be, which doesn't help yeah. I think we just lose ourselves over and over again. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: Do you ever have clients that have to come back and sort of do it again? Or does it really, once it's released, it's released? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh once it's released it's released. It's done. Okay. But like I said for some they might come in with a few issues. And so mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. one comes up it leaves room for the other one to come up. Sometimes people come uh, and will release two or three at a time. Never more than three that'd be exhausting. It's a lot to process. But got it. Got it. Usually it's just one and then done, two and then done. And but it's most people who come to see me it's all it's just one session and it's enough. And yeah. if they do have something else, it'll just be at a later date, but it's definitely not one of those practices where people would come to me weekly or monthly. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. People need to go live their lives. That is definitely the objective is just to release people into the wild. So they can just live freely <laughs> like, not relying and make on their me. own choices. <laughs> well, I want everybody to be self-reliant. That's the goal. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. such a codependent society. It's it's it's, um, it's really creating so much disease in the world.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely right. Um, I feel like there's a time and place for codependency. Is there? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it depends. I definitely think I like it depends. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, I, yeah, uh, I I have to think of of why. But I also, I mean. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I, I kind of feel
1: interdependence,
0: like, you know, like, perhaps,
1: but codependence maybe inter... would worry me.
0: Codependence, as in like I can't do this without you, sort of thing. Yeah, I can't live without Let's you. Let's do this together. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I like yeah, that. Yeah, like I like this that. this. Would be cool. That's with what I you. Bet. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So with you, not because because I have to have you. Yes. Yes. yes yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I like too. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. like that too. Thank you. you source me. So, Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been enough yes, lifetimes. No, I love that yeah right no
0: so i so i love i love that and i love the idea of making people self reliant. i feel like that's really the goal here same with like mm. psychic mediumship mm-hmm. you, know, you don't want the person to rely on you to connect with their loved ones all the time like they can oh, do yeah, it yeah. too and um you know so i think teaching them about that teaching about intuition teaching about mm-hmm. what you teach as well i think it's all to help people to realize that they're fully capable um to you know Mm -hmm. to do this but
1: how wonderful that and do you 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 teach mediumship
0: um well i teach people how they can connect with their spirit guides like that's Mm. kind of where i'm at right now okay um and i feel like some of it is similar to connecting Mm -hmm. at least it has been for me to collect connecting with past loved ones as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's a similar process. So in essence, teach one, it kind of helps cover the other, but yeah, it's more for like
1: the, the beginner, um, very Mm -hmm. beginner level. Yeah. 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 I mean, I agree. I think an open connection is an open connection really. Yeah. It's vibrationally different, right. Um, Mm -hmm, connecting mm -hmm. with, Loved ones versus guidance and stuff. It's vibrationally different, but again, and you know, establishing yeah. the connection is the most. It's the critical. It's the key. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny because when I do my readings, I actually just did one this past weekend, uh-huh. and I. Usually, do my readings to connect with guides, but in this case, I had a past loved one as well, and mm. I could tell because the way that I see it mm-hmm. is the guides are usually on the person's left, mm-hmm. my right, uh, and if it's another entity outside of that, it's they're on the sitter's right, my left, and so okay. I saw her with her guide, and that's usually how I start my sessions. That's how I know, okay, we're connected, we're in. But then I was like, "But who's this person on on her <laughs> on her right?" And so I, but I got the sense that it was I couldn't tell if it was like higher self or like past loved one or, you know, what. So I, I learned more as I actually then spoke with her. That was me sitting in the power, preparing for the reading. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. I wasn't even
0: in the session with her yet. Mm-hmm. And so when I got in the session with her, uh, I was able to confirm who that was. And I had done a reading before too, where the where the entity was actually like the 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 goddess of astrology which was really really cool because i had not heard of and well i mean maybe maybe there is a, a greek god i mean i don't know i don't know all i know is that this was the, the gospel of <laughs> astrology that i
1: and, and it totally resonated with the sitter. like the, the i was gonna was say like... sometimes you don't even have to know or really be that clear <laughs> well, as long as it clicks with the person you're like it's so and so and then they're like yeah i feel that. Yes. You're like... well it was
0: yeah. so crazy well, because i saw her guides where I, where <laughs> i normally do and then i'm like Oh,
1: who is this? And it was yeah. definitely like goddess vibes. Yeah. Um, not Which, not by like the way, I don't know if your audience knows or your listeners, it is a way different huh. vibration. Everything you're describing in these people, yes. you know, the deities <laughs> have a very different vibration and energy to guidance, right? And it's yeah. all so different and distinct, but most people really don't quite grasp that.
0: Yes, luckily for me they they show me there's a difference by where I see them. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> it's hard for me to I mean, anyway. So, um so <laughs> and, and what was significant for that particular reading was that mm-hmm. she came in. She had so many questions about her uh her path with working with astrology and I didn't know that. Oh, and so for interesting. me to be like I've got the astrology goddess here and you know, just me sharing, whatever it was, it answered all her questions that she came in with. It was just so oh, cool. Nice. So, I know. Love, right? Like so, when it comes together like that and you're like, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. I know, I, <laughs> I know. Exactly. I'm actually
1: seeing it. I know. I'm not know. crazy. Like the best. <laughs> no, I know. Sometimes you're like, I just know I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> I know.
0: And that just validates it for me. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was that was so cool those kinds of readings okay, cool. they really stick out for me because i'm like oh, like how cool is spirit and how how cool is that so, so oh i love super it super cool it is the best yes so speaking of clairvoyance um is mm-hmm. that how do things come to you that way or i was just gonna
1: ask you oh <laughs> clearly you're seeing obviously you're seeing things seeing, are you hearing yeah, as yeah. well because you're conveying the messages are you also yeah, feeling yeah. in your body like what's it for you I do. Yeah. So I feel like I get a little bit
0: of everything. Mm-hmm. Clairvoyance is definitely the, the strongest. Okay. And I would say followed by like a claircognizance or mm-hmm. um clairsentience. Cause I'll say a lot like, Oh, I feel this or I mm. see this. Oh, I just heard this, you know, yeah. like, Oh, why am I getting the, the chills? You know? So uh-huh. I definitely can tell there have been times when I've tasted popcorn or, you know, it's just, Like, oh, I like smell something, you know, so I definitely Mm -hmm. get bits of everything, but some Mm -hmm. are,
1: are, happen more often than others. What about you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Similarly, I think I would say my feeling is probably at the bottom. Um, My mom has that gift more than I do. It's actually become much more unusual for people because they're so disconnected from their physical bodies that you don't (laughs) see that in many people. Definitely the clairvoyance and the clairaudience is, clairaudience is probably my strongest.
0: Oh, clairvoyance
1: though as well. And claircognizance. I mean, you're, you're looking at very similar and it often depends on the person as well, because if you're working with other people's guides, it really depends on what is easiest for them to grasp as well. So you, it just varies.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, but I totally get you. (laughs) Wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, so, I mean, when did you realize that you were able to communicate with the other yeah side. i was going to
1: ask you the same so i was quite i was quite young when i was seeing and hearing things and i just thought okay i don't know when you're little you just it's just there yeah and then at some point it kind of disappears i think for most it sort of disappears in your teens because you don't want that um it's awkward it's odd i think i was so trying to deal with my own karma and mm-hmm. figuring out my power But then again, sort of things happen and then they always kind of bring you back. So after I had met one of my mentors who introduced me to Ellen and I had my first session, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I think it just slowly came together after that. I don't know. Did I explain that? Like, am I actually answering your question? (laughs) And (laughs) then at some point, yes, it all kind of slowly came back, but I would say the clear audience came before the clairvoyance came back and then it all just kind of, and then it all just came together. And then I use a pendulum as really the main part of how I connect. Ooh. And, um, and so my pendulum work, I think I started using that sometime 21, 22, So yeah. And then it, that's been it since.
0: Nice. Okay. So with yeah. the with the pendulum, are you doing like yes, no questions? Is it sort of more than that? It's that's more the than sort that of... at this
1: stage. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um yeah.
0: so I use like the pendulum um in my energy healing. I do it to assess the the chakras. That's what I okay. was um taught to do. And you, you mm-hmm. use that. And yeah. then I I've dabbled in it a bit more as far as like the yes, no, like maybe. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what are what are some of more ways to use the pendulum beyond that?
1: Oh, well, you're great with questions. <laughs> I <laughs> so was like, like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Let's go here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really great. as a t- You know, it's so funny because I, I do teach pendulum to people and I have some clients who are just, I just don't know, I mean, they're just people who come in just to learn and they are so many, so many of them are so connected and talented. And the ones I find who get frustrated will say, I'm so good at everything I do. That I don't know why this doesn't work for me so well. Like they get a great spin or something. They have the energy flowing, but they lack the focus. And the one thing that is great about pendulum because you have to focus is that you can develop incredible discernment in a short amount of time. Hmm. So regular practice and by regular, I don't mean hours a day. It's like more of like pick it up for a few minutes because sitting in the light is so addictive That people want that more and more. And you're kind of like, well, you're not Mm -hmm. here just to kind of like sit in your chair and like, you know, masturbate with a pendulum. It's just, that's not cool. So, you know, it's really about, can you just use that as a tool to facilitate this connection? As we said, like this connection to guidance is really the most important one that you can develop spiritually when it comes to a spiritual practice and exploring your divinity. And so once you can do that, is when you can maybe start moving from yes, no questions to deeper things because you start to hear, right? Perhaps you start getting a knowing in your body. Perhaps you start getting a hit and then suddenly certain ideas start to come to you. Maybe a song will pop into your head, you know, or you'll wake up from a dream and you're like, how did I know this? And that connection, just the more you experience it, the greater it is. And yeah, I just have always found pendulum just to be a fantastic tool. It's like a gateway divination tool. (laughs) It is. It really is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so,
0: okay. <laughs> I know I'm like all over the place, but you said no, the no, word masturbate. Oh. <laughs> so that made me start to think like, oh yeah, she wrote 14 erotic <gasps>
1: novels. Like I did. did that... a romance. Dirty did romance.
0: That... <laughs> yeah. So can I ask, I mean, I asked me anything. I I've ever met an erotic novelist. So, I mean, how does that How do you decide to write those?
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't, you know, I didn't. And I think it's really funny that it ever happened. I'd written some books, like just sort of like women's fiction type things. It was, I first started writing when I was living in L.A., And then I moved to Brazil and at some point I was like, I'm just going to keep writing. There was like a book I'd written and I was just going to work on it. And then I was getting really frustrated going down the sort of publishing route. And I remember at the time I was living in New York, so I just moved to New York from Brazil. And this was after Fifty Shades came out. And I was like, this is like really damaging stuff. This is something Mm -hmm. really wrong and I don't mean that in a judgy way. I really mean that as I did a deep dive because we had the New York Times and I was looking at the New York Times bestseller list. And what I never understood because I never paid attention to lists was the best-selling books within romance because of Fifty Shades were all very like copycat stories. And if you Mm. ever read, like, (laughs) I had never read any of these. And I was like, he's raping her. What is this? Like, oh, my God, she just got on her knees to give him a blowjob so he'd pay for her brother's care. Like, there was just some fucked up dynamics. Mm. And I thought, Mm. how toxic. And then I was like, wait. I used to work in a library in Carmel Valley. That was my high school job. And um, I remember how many Harlequin romances I used to shelve. And I was like, wait there is a reason why romance is a billion dollar industry because people are consuming these stories over and over again. And trying to remember, there was a guy who'd written a book, excuse me, I don't remember his name, but he really talked about how susceptible we are to um, how how susceptible our brains are to story and how much we take on just by reading stories. And Mm. I thought that is why so many relationships are so toxic. That is why people Mm. are entering marriages that are so transactional because it is really difficult to distinguish romance from real life. And that creates a lot of skewed expectations. And I thought, all right. So I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, you know what? Let me just see if I can write one of these. <laughs> just one, just one, a little novella, because at the time novellas were quite popular and it's just they would turn into trilogies. I was like, oh, just a little 40 page thing. I wrote it in a couple of days. It reads like I wrote it in a couple of days. <laughs> but like i wrote one and then i thought oh wait i could see that she's going to have more to her story and her it was called why a gilded lily because so it was about this girl named lily baron and having just lived in brazil she meets up she hooks up with a brazilian air and stuff like that so and then i was like oh let's see where lily goes and so then it became Calla Lily and then Tiger Lily. And then she had a twin, because like I played on all the romance tropes. And so her twin had a trilogy, and then their best friend had a trilogy, and then I did a spin-off series. I know it was like interesting because <laughs> uh, much to my husband's dismay, I wrote without an outline. I write without outlines. and so I just every book was always my last one because I could never see where it was going. And I actually never perceived that it was an entire saga and universe that I created. I just took it one book at a time. Yeah, And it's ironic to me, but it's very true. Even though I can see the future, I try hard to not do that and apply that to my own life as much as I am able to, because I'm sure, you know, it's almost unavoidable. <laughs> you might get glimpses and you're like, I didn't need to know that. Well, I don't know. For me, I do. For me, I do. And I'm like, oh, I know this, but maybe I just don't want to know it and have it in my present mind.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because
1: it it ends up because, you know, if you, if you see your future, you're going to live for that particular outcome. You just, it's Mm -hmm. just the way your brain is wired. It's just the way it's just how we live and you don't, you never really want to consciously as in just your mind, your limited mind to navigate the course of your fate, because again, that limits your possibility. So it's helpful to have a very open mind. So I approached this series very much the way I try to approach my life, which was, I don't know where this is going. And isn't it going to be interesting oh. to see how it goes? And so I just kind of that's kept going. Until oh, I love that. Out I feel
0: stop. like that's kind of, like you said, that's just yeah, kind of how so. this work is to <laughs> you. For and me. And a lot of romance is just a really good fit intuition. for me. Intuition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We reconnected here? Yeah, I, I hear I you. Disconnected. Okay. Cool. Oh no, um, we did. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we're back. We're back. Um, okay. Cool. So I, I, I love. I love that idea of not using an outline. I'm very much intuitively guided as a person. So for mm, me, yeah. I just kind of have to go with what feels right next, and yes. I don't plan out too much. Uh, so.
1: And why yeah, do you no, think I, that? I appreciate how, that. Have you? Were you always like that? Would you say, or do you think it's part of your kind of quote unquote spiritual nature, or? Because I think there are a lot of people who struggle with how to do that mm-hmm. or to do that. And yeah, yeah, I would love for people to kind of get to that point of faith in their lives that they would be able yeah. to trust things will be okay. Absolutely.
0: I, well, I am somebody who always likes to be comfortable. So for me, it's more about, yeah. well, how am I going to feel at the moment? Um, it used to cause me to be a bit, I think, flakier I'm, with meeting up with friends because at the time it sounds good. And then like it the, the time comes to hang out and I'm like, oh, I really am not feeling it. I want to stay home. So I used to be a bit flakier, I think because of it. Um, I'm not a, I'm, I don't like routine. Like it's really hard for me to stick with hmm. a routine because if I'm just, I may be feeling it one day and if I'm not feeling it the next day, it's really hard for me to hmm. uh, want to continue on with something. I'm so much Guided by how does it feel at the moment? I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. Has it always? Has it always been that way? Maybe, but I feel way more conscientious about it now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I I would say for about me, you? no. I yeah. would usually just fly by the seat of my pants. I was not somebody who <laughs> gave. I never gave a shit about consequences, which is part of my issue in my teen years. But yeah. it suited me, and I think it was just, okay, I'll just do that now. Cause that seems like, I don't know, just in my gut, I would, that's what I would usually yeah. follow. But there was a period, but it was more after I met my husband who is very much a sort of linear black and white thinker because he's a lawyer. And so mm-hmm. for me, I think it actually made me take a step back and it wasn't really my best period. I would say, because I, I, I think it was because I was newly married and I was trying to prove that like, oh, I could be so adult. And then I ended up, <laughs> I mean, that kind of level of self-denial is just a little unhealthy. And um, yeah. I came back to myself, but it was a little bit of a journey, I'd have to say. Um, yeah. Just because it was not my, I was not my best self. I think my best self is somebody who, again, doesn't plan a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I hate when I get busy. Even though a lot of me getting busy right now is my doing, but I enjoy uh-huh. podcasting, I enjoy recording, I enjoy that stuff. So that kind of busy is okay. But I hate when I hate when it's like there's no no free time in the day. Maybe that's just hmm. a recharge thing. I don't know. But hmm. I'm also like, if I can get a day off of multiple days off of nothing and and not commit to too many things, yeah, that's that's what makes me feel better, more charged, but yeah. 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 So, um, so I'm curious, how did, how did you meet your partner that you work with? Oh, Rhea. She's
1: so fun. Yeah. Uh, We met at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) We were both members. (laughs) I'm just down the road from an equinox here in London. And, um, we used to, we would attend the same dance class and she always, she likes to joke she even wrote this, that I, that I pirouetted in her personal space, but we were in the same class for like a year. And I thought she was like too cool to ever talk to me. And I think she just thought I was like too weird, um, to talk to. And then at some point, somebody mentioned that I did woo woo stuff. And she was like, I like woo woo stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And then she was like, I want to have a session with you. And I was like, um, okay, Cool. Um, that's fine. (laughs) And then that same day she shows up at my door, like it's today. And I was like, okay, nice. And then she had a session (laughs) with me and she thought it was really amazing. Um, her words are like, cool. And then that was, and then we just started chatting. So then that kind of opened a door where we just kind of developed a friendship. Um, and that every time we'd see each other at the gym, um, we would just take extra time to chat and text and then at one point because i actually remembered it the other way around where she i thought she mentioned doing a podcast together and then i realized i'm actually the one who went up to her like would you want to do a podcast wouldn't it be great she's got the receipts too so i can't dispute this i approached her and i was like let's do a podcast she's like okay cool let's do it she's awesome because like oh, she's like too so willing
0: Yeah, I know. So so she's into woo-woo, like you said. Is she Mm. also um, connected or?
1: Yeah, she is. She has an incredible connection. Yeah, yeah. She's quite witchy and she does incredible readings for people and she's definitely mastered pendulum. So yeah. 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 She's incredible. Oh, that's wonderful. I think, um, yeah, we've worked so closely for the past four years, I would say trying to remember when we met I think we we dropped our first podcast episodes in 2019 Wow! so yeah I mean and it it was almost daily work even in lockdown so yeah yeah
0: that's really great because I think that a lot of people may have aspirations to do something with somebody they just met (laughs) but to actually do it (laughs) stick with it all these years later and, and still be going strong I think that just means it was a it was a match made
1: in heaven. It was meant to be. It was like you finally found each other again in this life. <laughs> it is really incredible. And I think that sometimes yeah. we we acknowledge it and we're like that's really great. And other times we just take it for granted that Yeah. I mean, I can't say it's been totally easy. I mean, there's times when she's wanted to quit because it's it's not easy. I mean, spiritual and I don't know if you would attest to this or not, but what people have to really understand especially right now, because we're seeing such a growth in the sort of spiritual well-being arena, which is ever expanding and ballooning and is really going to start to become this massive bubble, um, is that the actual spiritual path and one in which you are seeking divine connection, right? Union with the divine, it fucking sucks. It is so hard. Like, even I can cry. Like, it is Mm -hmm. so, it tears you apart, because you cannot grasp onto anything you have ever known and be convinced that you can take that with you. Yeah. Nothing survives. So little survives that journey. I can't say it. I can't believe I just used the word journey twice in this interview. It's not really something I use, but that spiritual path is hard. It's hard as fuck. And even as a facilitator and as somebody who sort of her like in-person guide. It's hard to watch somebody go through it. And I know, <laughs> just like I know for myself, oh, now I would have done it over. I would have done it again and 10 times over because it's what I was here for. But a lot of people don't understand when they sign up for that, it's mm-hmm. hard. And I know that there mm-hmm. are times that she really wanted to quit because of her heart of God, but it's also testament mm-hmm. to her resilience that she could stick with it and that she is where she is now. But I think most people, they want the quick fixes. They're looking at all the modalities out there and they're thinking, okay, what's which is the one that's going to get me what I think I want, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is the quickest way in which I'm going to be able to manifest, you know, X, Y, Z things and tell me the secret to it. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. If you truly desire that connection, you truly desire that power because it is real. As you know, that connection will breed so much power that you will have the life that you really want and desire. But to get there means allowing so many things to die, including yourself. Yeah. And watching people do it, it's just not always easy. I told Ray, I was like, I will yeah. never do this with another person the rest of my life. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I <laughs> anyway. mean,
0: yeah, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. That's for sure. Not in no. this industry. No.
1: And I don't industry. wish it people. That's why, that's why, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. It's why, that's why we started Karma's Our Bitch, right? Or Karma's My Bitch. So you can make karma your bitch. Because... Yeah. There is a way to do it where you don't have to suffer. Like, yes, you have to face your shadow. Yes, you have to face the pain that you've already created, but you don't have to create new pain. You don't have to Mm. reinvent all the hurts. It's just allowing it to surface, to move through it. And it is pretty Mm. much the shortest path you could be offered while you're still in body. Yeah, And that's what I want for people. I really don't want people trying to shortcut in ways where, you know, two years later, they're back where they started, or they think that Mm. like a quick ayahuasca retreat is going to fix it. Cause usually that's just going to like bring up more shit, you know? Yeah. Everyone's trying to find that shortcut. It's that Holy grail at this, at the moment. And it really, most of it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, how does one discern if it's going to, if it's something they should pursue, um, or not, well, what would you I tell them? just well. <sighs> well, there's the there's the sort of spiritual side of what does your intuition say, and then there's also the the more human side of well, you should Google them and look for reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you know, or but how many stars like, <laughs> on Yelp do they get? How many stars? <laughs> you know, I think mean, it just kind of depends. But you're right because there's so many different possibilities out there, and so many routes that one could take uh, mm-hmm. in hopes for a quick fix. But um, you know, you you don't want people to be taken advantage of, and mm-hmm. how do you keep that from happening, especially yeah. if they're in a position of vulnerability?
1: Oh, yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. There's no way. Right. There's no way. I think people are it falling hard. for it left and right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe, maybe we just hope in time that the
1: people who work with integrity will will prevail. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's, yeah. that's a really nice, yeah. hope, I think. Genuinely speaking, I don't mean like, oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I'm like okay. no, no genuinely. I really do hope <laughs> like, <for> that like <laughs> right. I'm really hoping people yeah. are going to start seeing through a lot of the mirages that exist. I I think people are, but I don't think in my own personal it's like my own personal view, which is not soon enough.
0: Sure, sure. But yeah. Okay. Not without some damage being done beforehand yeah, maybe
1: watching it. You know, especially if these people yeah. are like out there just selling their books and promising that if yeah. you follow the rules that, you know, mar- your marriage will be better or you'll get your, you know, your the one for you and I mean, I just I can't.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I yeah, I get it. I you know, maybe it just requires like platforms like this or, you know, podcasting or however we can put our voice out there to try and help educate as many people as we possibly can and yeah and just maybe hope to to reach them that way yeah uh, so okay Liz this has been um really such a great conversation first of all oh, can you, you share and I'll put it in the show notes as well but share okay. where people can reach you
1: oh yes um my Instagram is I am Liz Hayes and for the podcast insta is at We KMB, and, and my website is ElizabethAnnHays.com. And all of my books, my romance is written under the pen name Vivian Winslow. And our podcast is Karma's My Bitch. And just look out for it, because we'll be doing more things when our books come out and stuff later this year. Yeah. Fantastic. So thank you. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of Thank course. You. Thank you so much. Now, to help uh to now wrap up our interview uh, for sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Um do you Liz have any um guidance from the other side that you'd like to give the listeners sort uh, of like a timeless message for when uh, they timeless. hear this
1: episode? Oh, wow. Um what is this episode coming out? What, can I ask? <laughs> Cause I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when... it'll, <laughs> yeah. It'll come out in March. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, would mm-hmm. you mind if I share two tidbits? One for this year. Please. Some guidance what, that, that I just want? Just some... yes. Oh, well, okay. So a message that came through at the very end of January was one of the most helpful ways to look at 2023 is it's the sort of year where, you know, in on the spiritual path, you don't get do-overs, right? You just get opportunities to do things differently but nothing could ever be the same or necessarily repeated because you're always a different person from one second to the next you're living and you're breathing you know ultimately you're here to grow and evolve but 2023 interestingly is the year in which we get to live out that saying if i knew then what i know now what would i do And this is the year we get to do things differently if we bring our full consciousness to it. So it's not always about, well, I'm just going to do the opposite of what I did. Sometimes doing things differently is maybe one thing looks similar, but maybe we're doing it more openly and maybe we're communicating more clearly about what our intentions are. So it's you don't have to throw yourself into something and say, all right, I'm just going to do it all differently. It's, it's really about just taking a very conscious approach to things. And I think the one, as you said, timeless piece of advice that I can share based on my own experiences throughout my life is live honestly. And by that is, I mean, you can only be yourself at every turn and it, just doesn't help to be a per- the person that you think is going to attract the guy you have a crush on or oh, that girl that you fantasize about or getting that job that you want. If you can just fulfill what other, all the expectations you think others have of you. And if you could truly live honestly, you will be so much more satisfied with where your life has gone. I know that requires a lot of faith and trust, But apply that to yourself and you'll be so surprised by how much the world will step up and greet you. Yeah. That's my advice. And it seems so much less exhausting just to be yourself. (laughs)
0: Less energy. (laughs) I'm like, whatever makes me comfortable.
1: (laughs) I think it's easy for those of us in our forties to be able to give that advice. I think Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. When you're younger
1: and you and you haven't been given the room. Or you haven't given yourself yeah. the permission to say, fuck it. And that's what we need yeah. more of a, you know, more people in the world to do.
0: Yeah, Maybe you can just let yeah. this
1: year be the fuck it year. 100%. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Yay. That's what I'll t- title this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Liz, okay. thank you so much for your time. You I really appreciate so you and for sharing your wisdom and your story. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for
1: having me. We talk to the animals and we know you can too on the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As Soul Animal Communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.